Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right. On today's episode, we are covering the coaches that we don't quite know what to think of after the 2022 season. And we'll start with coaches that going into the year, maybe we weren't super high on. We we're kind of low on them, but they had a good season and that has us questioning things. So, Trey, who's who's the first coach that fits the bill for you? That'd be Shane Beamer. I was a little skeptical uh, after that first year. Um, he, you know, he he got the most out of that team. They won seven games in 2021, but I thought it was more of a fluke. They finished 66th in SP plus, and then honestly, through the first you know half of this season, 2022 season, looked like more of the same. But they caught fire at the end of the year. Of course, they beat just whipped Tennessee, and then and then won at Clemson narrowly lost their their bowl game to Notre Dame finished in the top 25 of SP plus eight wins and I just think his energy now seems to have gotten a little bit of a buzz into that program now there's a top 20 recruiting class there's still a little bit of a climb to obviously be more relevant in the SEC but I I just got to give him credit the Gamecocks are in a much better place right now than they were when he inherited when from what he inherited from Will Muschamp um well, a Williams Bryce Stadium is so fun to watch some big games, and hopefully he can continue to prove me wrong initially and uh, have some more great atmospheres there. Yeah, I like it when South Carolina is good. It's you know it was fun when Spurrier got him going for those few years. It it was fun to watch. Uh, all right, moving on here. Uh, mine is Mike Norvell. Um, I was just kind of low on him to his. That is before I even got started there at Florida State, just didn't love the hire. I, it was just because I was questioning, you know, what he he didn't really build Memphis. He was at Memphis before it, and you know, he took over from Justin Fuente there, who got Memphis going. And you know, Novell did great for four years. He had a great record there, but I just always questioned, can he build a program? And maybe he's doing that here at Florida State. First two years though, yeah, at Florida State was three and six, followed by five and seven. So a bit of a slow start. I was like, yeah, I'm looks like I'm about right. But then boom, this year. They go ten and three. Uh, it's got me rethinking a little bit about Mike Norvell, and especially when considering they got a decent team, at least on paper at this point, coming back. You know, Jordan Travis, the quarterback, is back in the fold. That's a big piece for them. And then they're bringing in some talented transfers. Um, so they things are looking good for them. You know, the only question mark for me is I, I just don't know if they're going. He's recruiting at a level that Florida State. You know, they're really they're, they're capable of top 10 maybe even some pushing top five classes there and right now overall they're like at 16th for the 2023 class you know good transfers but still overall they're not at that level of being elite but you know so i'm kind of thinking about it in progressive you know progression terms maybe like Dabo. like Dabo first got clemson to be good you know they were not they weren't elite but top 15 top classes he was bringing in a few years get yourself stabilized and then maybe eventually you can get him to that kind of next next level but We'll see. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not so sure now. Yeah, yeah. Talk about inheriting a, a tough situation. I think you're it's right true. to think of it like that. It's like in steps, getting them to this level to where mm-hmm. next year they're going to be preseason top ten. That's crazy. Then maybe the the great high school recruiting will will follow. Yeah, but exactly. My first coach here I have is Dino Babers of Syracuse. So it's it's just been kind of a roller coaster with him. Started out with two four and eight seasons at Syracuse. Uh, so of course you're not super high on him at that point. Then out of nowhere, ten and three finishes top fifteen that year. 
Um, but then Eric Dungy leaves the the great quarterback. Of course, they go back to five and seven, one and ten, five and seven. So that at that point, you're thinking that ten and three seasons an outlier. He's kind of a seemed like a, a dead man walking. But this past season, they go seven and six, outperform their season win total by two games. So you know, but the so that's great. You're thinking, okay, that's good. But also, they did lose six of their final seven games. So kind of yeah, the way it, it happened. Hot has you unsure and they lost their offensive coordinator now robert and i they lost their defensive coordinator tony white so i'm just i'm back in this situation where it's like is he good is he bad i i don't i don't know i don't know yeah it's tough call yep all right the next one i'm gonna go with is willie fritz uh of tulane i always got the sense that that people kind of continued to to talk willie fritz up always saying, you know, he was a good coach and I believed it because I heard it. And then I recently, I was more skeptical. Like he had a strong run at Sam Houston and Georgia Southern prior to um, Tulane, but, but in his six seasons at Tulane prior to this past year, only once was he better than 500 in conference. And that was only five and three. They went two and 10 in 2021. Now, granted there was some displacement from hurricane, the hurricane that hindered them, but, but this year, Going twelve and two, beating Cincinnati on the road to win the AAC, get to the Cotton Bowl. I'm not ready to say that you know Tulane is going to be a constant threat, but they got Pratt coming back at quarterback next season, so maybe there's not a, a huge drop off at fl- first blush as we sit here in January. So we'll see what what Fritz has up his sleeve in the future. Yeah, what a, what a great bowl win, huh, Mike? That was a great one. Yeah, I'm glad that Trey, he yeah. mentioned they got to the Cotton Bowl. He didn't say what happened, which I was thankful <laughs> yeah. for. Bowl games are That's kind of, bowl games, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> got you some it's slack nice there, win. Mike. Yeah, yeah. they might have beat, beat USC. I don't know. I didn't watch the last drive, so I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like fourth down a couple times, though, so they must not have got it, you know. Yeah, no. And I think no. that guy, he dropped the touchdown pass to win, right? It, it was not Yeah, no, I mean, they had a 99.9%, so I'm, USC, they won. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, my next one, uh, Chip Kelly over at UCLA. Uh, coming back down from the NFL. I don't know. I just did, I had some negative vibes on this one. And I yeah, mean, you were very low years, on this. I was. And relative first three to years, most people. Yeah, it, it's true. I was. And first three years, I was, I was right. Three yeah. and nine, four and eight, three and four. Stuck with them. But last two years, they've gone eight and four and then nine and four this year. So some good, good, good seasons the past couple. Um, and, and the recruiting has actually picked up a little bit. I mean, it's not elite. It's not great. UCLA can do better. But they're sitting at 24th for, like, the 2023 class, and that's that's fine. Like, you know, you can feel very competitive teams with that as long as you coach them up. But um, he will have to break in a new quarterback finally here, though. Dorian yeah. DTR is finally gone. He's been there forever. Um, and he's going to have to break in a new running back. So a couple of key pieces that he's going to have to – you know, shuffle in, which I'm interested to see. That's an important player for him, especially in his system. But, you know, I was, I wouldn't have guessed we'd be sitting here, you know, five years into his tenure and he would have had it coming off of a nine win season, especially after the first couple. But um, he's, he's doing pretty good now. So we'll see if it, it can parlay because I'm still not sure. I still have my doubts, but more bullish than I was. All right. Uh, my final coach here is uh, Tim Albin from Ohio. So he was promoted in 2021 after Frank Solich kind of surprisingly stepped down and Ohio was coming off of a 12-year run where they didn't have a losing season. 
under under Solich in that stretch. And Albin's first year, they go three and nine. Curtis Work did not have a great year at quarterback, so it's like, oof, you know, maybe this guy is is not going to be there long. But this year, Rourke had a great season at quarterback, and they go ten and four. Um, they might have won the MAC title had had Rourke stayed healthy at the end of the year. So. We've got one bad year and one good year from Albin, so I'm trying not to overreact to either one and just kind of still in that unsure zone. But if Rourke can come back healthy because he tore his ACL like toward the end of the season, so if he can be yeah. healthy in time for this next season, then it could be a good one. And his running ability is rather important mm-hmm. for him. But they never won a MAC title with with Solis, Never did. So no. Never. No, they they won some. They had some chances, man. Just couldn't quite punch through. All right, well, let's get to um, some more a more negative note here, I guess. Coaches that you initially really liked going into 2022, they had a bad season, and now now you're questioning things. Yeah, uh, I'll get us started here with uh, Billy Napier um, at Florida. Oof. Yeah, I mean, hey, did a great job at Louisiana, and all three of us were high on Napier. We liked him. Great recruiter. We thought he was just going to do well. And, I mean, obviously, it's only been one year there in Gainesville, but it was a disappointing year. They finished six and seven inconsistent play on both sides of the ball. And I don't know, kind of the finish of the season is just rough. They were sitting at six and four, which you can accept because they, you know, up to that point they had, you know, only lost to three ranked teams. And then LSU was the other who wasn't ranked at the time. So it's like, okay, it's first year. It's fine. But they lose to Bandy that next game, you know, that, that just kind of started the trend. And then they get dominated by the Beavers in the bowl game, Tothan have lost Florida state. So, Boom, they finished six and seven. Kind of kills all the momentum. Recruiting, eh. I mean, they kind of have some NIL drama right now uh, with their that quarterback. Yeah, that's, that's had, the thing. That's, that's kind that's, of embarrassing. And I don't don't know if it's his fault, but it's kind of yeah. not making Florida look good, the Jaden Rashada situation. Yeah, so that's not that great. And, they, you know, they're 13th overall, which is fine. And there's not a much different, Michael, we've, we've touched on this before. What's the numbers fifth to five to 15 is like pretty much the same it's like hardly any difference between yeah there's like a huge drop off after 15th but yeah like you said yeah yeah. they're in that gap where it's pretty close it's not elite though in in florida can be elite um i don't know i just i expected more in this first year so you you i don't think anybody can be higher on them than they were before yeah florida fans are are definitely yeah not super bullish right now it seems like on napier Yeah. Um, I've got one, Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State, of course, yeah. has proven a lot, had an incredible career, but I'm just talking right now. Well, I mean, and he almost made the playoff last year, so coming into 2022, you're just thinking, yeah, yeah it's the same old great... And he started this year well. Yeah, they did get off to a good start, but, you know, of course, didn't have the, the greatest finish, and so you know, they went 7-6, and six, which isn't terrible, but, of course, isn't great. And the real reason is they lost a ton of contributors to the transfer transfer portal this offseason 16 players overall including of course spencer sanders at quarterback ton of receivers their leading tackler mason cobb on defense just a lot of important guys or, or contributors so they also lost Derek mason defensive coordinator just yeah. out of the blue decides i'm going to take a sabbatical which is is very odd you don't hear often so i'm just starting to wonder if the new nil era and transfer portal is is just not if Mike Gundy and and maybe Oklahoma State are just not suited for it right now, so yeah. I'm I'm questioning things. You still got to give Mike Gundy respect for all he's done. So I'm not just going to say I'm out on him, but I'm in the middle. I know every time you kind of like 
toss him aside. He bounces back with a, yeah. a crazy year. And that that's a similar story to to my guy here, Pat Fitzgerald. He, he's a legend at Northwestern. I've always admired, you know, how much he's gotten out of that program. It's one of the hardest to win at in the Power Five. He's one of the longest tenured coaches in the country. And more often than not, he has overachieved. Um, you know, he's won m- multiple bowl games recently, top 25 finishes. But, and every time you kind of think the, the program is sliding, they bounce back. They won the Big Ten West twice out of the last, like, four or five years, which is just crazy. Um, but in 2021, they went 3-9. and nine. And, you know, most people kind of attribute it to, well, it was one of the off years. They had the success the year before. He's got to rebuild it, come back. Well, the problem was, was 2022 was a disaster. They went 1-11, back-to-back duds now. And and it's kind of coming right after, you know, 2020 when Mike Hankowitz, the longtime defensive coordinator, uh, left. Combine that with a putrid offense the last couple of years. Not a lot of excitement in Evanston. There's been some hazing allegations uh, this offseason. So I'm never going to write him off, but maybe this is the time that he doesn't bounce back and win big. Yeah, it's it's easy to see that because of just how bad they were this year too. Yeah, it's, it's not like I'm, they were like unlucky four and eight or three and nine. They just were pathetic. Yeah, I'm kind of out at this point right now. Maybe I'll be wrong. It's there's it's tough with guys like that. You mentioned both Gundy and uh, and Fitzgerald and another guy like that was um, oh I just had Gary Patterson. Head. Gary Patterson, that thank you, Ryan. Yes, Gary you Patterson, are. exactly. You were like, you could write him off, and then he had a great year, but then yeah. this time it was for real. This time he yeah, was. It was really the end. Done. Um, but yep. all right, uh, Ryan, who's your next one? Yep, next one. Moving on. Uh, I'm going to Dave Aranda uh, at Baylor. So a little bit of an up and down here. A little kind of crazy three years. First one was the COVID year, and it was you know it was rough. They were two and seven. Um, you live with that. But then next year, boom. 12 and two win the big 12. I mean, what did a That's an, a heck of an accomplishment there for Baylor winning the big 12. Then this year, you know, there, there were obviously some expectations coming off of the, the big 12 title win. And, you know, they, they actually moved on to a new quarterback because, you know, they got rid of Gary Bohannon kind of given the reins to Blake shape thinking they, he might, you know, take the next step, but that didn't really work out. Um, so they finished six and seven and they lost their last four games. Uh, that's not good. Um, recruiting just kind of blah 32nd overall. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I expected a little bit better this year, I'm, you know, and then going into the kind of new big 12, I'm also not quite sure how they're going to, how that's going to fit for them. It's a really big question mark. You still got this coming year where it's going to be kind of a mess. You still got OU and Texas and all those new schools coming in. So that's going to be kind of crazy. But after that, I don't know. Do they do there's recruiting even suffer more because you don't have the the power players anymore? Does that affect them? I don't know. It's it's a little worrisome. So I, I don't know what to think about Dave Aranda right now. Yeah, it's tough. He's I I'm still slightly optimistic, you know, on the optimistic yeah, side. But yeah, you. that's this year was was rough. Uh here's another one, another kind of I feel similarly about is Mel Tucker, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. They nailed the transfer portal in twenty twenty one. Went eleven and two, won the Peach Bowl. Mel Tucker gets a massive, massive deal. Yes. Which, even though you're super optimistic about him at the time, it's still a little scary after one great year to to sign fortunate such a year. big. But they were good. They were good, and they were fortunate. Yes, they they won yeah. some close games. But 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 I mean, everything recruiting was going well compared to what he inherited was was doing a great job. 
But this year, five and seven, missed out on a bowl game. And now you even start looking back at, at 2021, like you said, and it's like, well, they, yeah, they were kind of lucky in close games. Yeah. Like if they had lost one or two more games, would he have gotten this massive deal? Um, just one season, so I'm, I'm definitely not out on him. Um, but you're questioning things. You're questioning things. Like one of Dave Aranda or Mel Tucker is going to yeah. be a disappointment. I, I, you oh, know, yeah. The odds are that one of them might be. How the coaching world works, man. Yeah. More often than not, you just don't succeed. Yep. And uh <laughs> nihilist Ryan. There. Well, I mean, facts. <laughs> it is true though. It is true. I guess. <laughs> uh moving on to Jimbo Fisher for me. Now I haven't really like loved him personally, but it's hard not to, you know, appreciate what he has done in his t- career. Um, and it was kind of almost hard not to buy into at least some of the hype for the Aggies going into this past year. Even if you didn't think it would take off, no one foresaw you know what ended up transpiring uh, the, the disappointing year. Florida State, all the success. The start to his A&M career was really strong. Eight or nine wins in his first four years, uh, unbeaten in bowl games, top five finish in 2020. Last year, of course, he had that incredible recruiting class. And then boom, lay an egg five and seven. Uh, and since the offs or in the offseason so far, there's been a ton of transfers out. He's handing the reins of the offense over to Bobby Petrino, who he is a great offensive coach, no doubt about it. But it just kind of seems like Jimbo's making moves that are, you know, almost in desperation to kind of save himself right now. Um, so now I'm just kind of in the, the mindset of I'm going to sit back, let him prove it to me that he can do it. I'm not positive that he can just there's a lot of negative headwind coming at him, but I also wouldn't be surprised given his past success and the still, there is still some talent on that team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jimbo's a perfect answer for this question. All right. Last one is players that uh, are coaches that you were unsure of going into 22 and that hasn't changed. You're, you still don't know what to think. So I'll start us out with Kalani Sataki for BYU. I know I probably should have been high on him going into 2022 based on what he'd just done. But I don't know, for some reason, I was just questioning it because he, he took over a very good and consistent program from Bronco Mendenhall. And his first four years there, Sataki went 27 and 25. So in aggregate, not great. So I was, I was kind of out on him. I was like, eh, I'm not so sure. Then the 2020 season happens. Yeah, it was an easy schedule, but still, they were great. Yeah. And... And I thought, okay, maybe that's an aberration and they'll lose a bunch of players, which they did. And then, then they'll slide the, the following season. But no, they went 10-3, and three, which was a great season after, after all that they lost. So I was like, man, I'm, I don't know what to think. Maybe I'm wrong. And then this past season, they were number two in the country in returning production entering yeah, this season. So much, with a 10-3 yeah. and three team, you thought, how can they not be good? How can they not be really good? And they went 8-5, and five, which honestly is a little actually better than it looked they were 71st yeah yeah they were 71st in sp plus they really weren't a a very good team so i i don't know what to think like i i really don't know with with sataki that's fair yeah Yeah. i agree uh i'm gonna say tom allen of indiana now i know indiana is extremely difficult to win at and but i just feel like people were kind of overplaying allen the last a few years ago like He's been to two bowl games in his six years. He did have that that breakout random COVID year going six and two. But outside of that, they've never finished better than fourth in the East. And kind of after the praise and expectations started to rise nationally after that year, the Hoosiers went two and ten 
and then four and eight last year, two and 16 in the Big Ten in those couple seasons. They finished 94th in SP Plus this year. Uh, I, I watched one of his pep talk videos before a game this year. It was kind of cringy. The players didn't seem all that enthused by it. Um, they're recruiting their 12th out of 14 in the Big Ten this cycle. Like, I like Allen as as a person, of course, but just not sure you can get Indiana, you know, out or into the middle of the Big Ten. Yep, that's tough. It's tough to do that. I mean, who can get Indiana out there? All right, what's next? What do we got next, Mike? Um, all right, let's see. The, is there a coach you're not sure of, Ryan? Aren't you up next? Oh, oh I thought it was you. My bad. I'll take the reins <laughs> here. Think, I think it's your turn. <laughs> we're going. We're taking turns here. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I am. Yeah, just, I'm losing it, guys. I'm a little tired. All right, next one. We got uh, Sam Pittman from Arkansas. So, you know, I think all of us here, on the, on the us three bros, we were not fond of the hire. At, at to be to begin with with Sam Pittman, so we were a little unsure about that. Then he went three and seven his first year, but it was actually not that bad. We were you know there's some close yeah, was... losses, some controversial losses. Um, so it's like okay, all right, maybe they're been better. And then boom, they go nine and four uh, last year, and that's we we're like hey, good, pretty good. But I was still a little like eh, you know, even Brett Bielema had some a decent year there in Arkansas. It's it's okay. It's kind of like. You've seen that happen a lot where some coaches can have a decent season, you know, in their first couple of years. But it, can you really make it last, um, especially at a place like Arkansas? It's really hard, you know, com- with all the competitiveness, all the competitive teams that you got around you this year, seven and six. It was kind of a meh year. Um, they got a they were six and six. And then they got that lucky kind of crazy win against Kansas in their 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 bowl game, which was a, a crazy game. But so, you know, seven to six, that's not bad. It's not great. Arkansas is hoping for more. Um, you know, the recruiting isn't that good. 26 rated class and which is 10th in the SEC, technically 12th if you count OU and Texas who are coming in pretty soon. So that's not going to get it done. Um, I will say it's nice that KJ Jefferson is going to come back next year. That's a that's welcome news. That, so that kind of gives you a pretty decent floor for next year. But I don't know. I'm just a little more. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about Pittman. He's he's done jo- a decent job, but I don't know where it's going to go from here. I hear you. Like he's done it. You can sometimes you just have a feeling about coaches. I'm not saying this is the case here, but like with with Tom Allen, like after that 2020 year, even though it's like I can recognize he did something great. Yeah. I just don't know if it will continue moving forward. Like if yeah. anything close to that. So sometimes yeah. you you have that feeling. But with Pittman, it is. Yeah. With turnover on the coaching staff, we'll we'll see um true you know he's done a good job so far but i guess you're just not sure whether it will continue all right here's a coach that i think we all got to be unsure of steve sarkeesian for texas oh yeah no doubt uh, yeah he's, i think he's perfect in this category even when he was at what his whole career kind of i, I, yeah. I feel like this this almost fits because true. at washington took over i think like an 0 and 11 team 0 and 12 team whatever they were and 0 and 12 yeah Made them better. I don't know why I always think it's 0 and 11. I don't know why. I thought there <laughs> it's been was a, a long time since they went. For some to reason 12. 0 and 11 just sounds familiar, but I think I've done that before. And it's 0 and 12. Anyway, and he made them better. And like, but then he didn't get. He, it was seven win Sark, right? Like, which is seven win Sark. Yeah, pretty good, but it's not great. So now at Texas, um, you know, he starts out five and seven in 2021, which of course was not a good start. He the you know, he inherited a decent amount of talent that should have been better. So that wasn't great. Then in, but this year, 2022, 
their advanced metrics were really good. Like the betting market valued yeah. them highly, SP plus, all of those were valuing them like a borderline top 10 team, but they finished eight and five. So it's kind of like, I, I don't know. Was that a really good season or not? So going into year three, I could see him. I could see so many scenarios. Is he on the cusp of a playoff run with, yeah. you know, if Quinn Ewers is healthy or if Arch comes in and does great, or is he going to go, you know, seven and five and get fired? I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm unsure. All right. Yeah, I agree. All right. Another guy in the state of Texas, Dana Holgerson. Um, I like Holgo as, as a character. He's good for college football, but I'm just not really sure. Um, at West Virginia, he always had some fun offenses, but in his seven years in the big 12, mostly just kind of middle of the pack ish first two years at Houston, seven and 13, and then kind of out of nowhere, 12 and two in 2021, that very good record, but they took advantage of not having to play the tougher AAC, AAC teams like Cincinnati or UCF during the, the regular season. They only finished 31st in SP plus to, despite those 12 wins. And then this past year, they had so much, similar to BYU, they had so much returning production. They were kind of a trendy New Year's six pick, disappointing eight and five. Now they're heading into the Big 12. They have the 58th ranked recruiting class as we sit here, only ahead of Kansas in the original Big 12. They lose Clayton Toon at quarterback. And I just think, I think Houston can be a very good program. Uh, but I'm, at this point, I'm not sure if Hogo can be the guy to get him over the top. Yeah, they threw a lot of money at him, you know, back back when he was first hired. It's that's they were that was a home run hit for them to to get to bring him totally. from yeah. West Virginia. So definitely disappointing so far. Um, all right, yes, my I guy, know, but yeah. well, eh, a little disappointing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, because uh, who was at Houston before? They had um, 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 well, they had they had Sumlin, and then. After right, him, it was, uh, it was Herman. Yeah, was Herman, Herman. But then in between, it was. Um... I know. In between, who am I? Why are we blanking on this? Well, I'll get to my answer here, and you guys can think yeah. about it. So, Gus Melzahn oh, was, is my. Uh, it was. Uh, oh, major um, or um... Applewhite, yeah, Applewhite. Oh, yeah, that's right. Major. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Applewhite. Yeah, he was disappointment. All right, uh, Gus Melzahn is my pick. Another team that's heading to the new big 12 at UCF, you know, I mean, obviously his tenure at Auburn was great for a long time and didn't like finish real super poorly. He was, he still fielded a a competitive team there. So you're kind of wondering how is that going to translate in a little bit of a lower level? And, and he's done good, you know, but not great. He's went nine and four his first year, then nine and five. So it's, it's good. It's good. But, you know, do you think he's going to be able to take the next step? And I, it's hard to see it, especially when you look at who the talent he's bringing in. You know, they're, I mean, near the bottom of that new formulated Big 12, just barely ahead of Kansas. So they're they're right there and kind of at the bottom. It's going to be hard to imagine them to for Gus to take them up to the top of that new newly formed Big 12. So I don't know that, how that's going to work. I'm I'm really unsure of Gus Malzahn at this point. All right. Well, there you have it. That'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. If you're listening to the audio version of this, be sure to check out our YouTube channel because we're going to have a lot more content on there every week. All of our 
uh, our now weekly audio episodes are going to be available on YouTube. And like I said, there'll be additional content on YouTube. So just search College Football Bros uh, to find that on YouTube. Let me say YouTube one more time. <laughs> Thanks for watching yeah. and listening, and we'll talk to you next week.